Hey everybody, look who it is. It's Randall Lobb talking very quickly, slowing down. It's key issue, it's a supplemental. What is it, Isaac? It's a supplemental We're video. A supplemental video using our hand signs again. There's somebody here. Look, there's, wait, no, she's this way. She's two over, this way. Sarah Frazetta, everybody. That's amazing. Welcome to Key Issue. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Sarah, no one will ever know how many times we tried to do this and we will never talk about it on this supplemental video interview. It was smooth. There yeah, was, was nothing to talk of. It was very smooth. So for people who don't know, you are a Frazetta and your grandfather is, was the subject of the previous episode of Key Issue. And we shot you an advanced version to take a look at. It was great. Okay. It was great. <laughs> well, tell but, us what she really thinks. Well, no, I think she was very complimentary, but. One of the things we wanted to talk about is we really didn't know about Frazetta Girls. So could you tell us a little bit about what the plan was and what happened there? Yeah, definitely. Um, so my mom, Holly, and I started the business in late 2013. Um, it was a few years after my grandfather passed away. Um, we actually started with uh, vintage posters from their basement, which is strange, and black t-shirts with Frazetta written across the front of the t-shirt because we, we thought like his signature was really a work of art. So we really started at a couple of um, conventions. Um, around that same time, uh, movie director Robert Rodriguez started to announce that he was going to be remaking uh, Ralph Bakshi and Frazetta's Fire and Ice. So it was really like perfect timing that we started Frazetta Girls. Um, and Robert really, really helped us become a legitimate business because he actually photographed all of the original artwork that was in his possession. Um, he was doing pop-up museums with the artwork. So he, after he photographed the art, he made these like gorgeous limited edition jaclays that he would offer at the pop-ups. And he started us with these really cool full sublimation graphic t-shirts. Um, I'm, I, I'll, I'll have to, we'll have to bring them up at, at some point, but it was, it was really cool because he helped us beginning, um, the beginning of merchandising and, and making Frazetta Girls a brand. Um, and a couple years past, we noticed that the comic cons weren't really the way for us to grow. So in 2017, we started to kind of reconfigure the brand and we wanted to, basically bring everything virtual. So we built a brand new website. Uh, my partner, Joe, he's been, he's been my, my boyfriend now for 11 years and he had the knowledge of um, manufacturing and designing. And he was like, you know, we, we really need to bring this um, for Zeta world online. And it's, it's been, it's been a fun experience. My mom kind of stepped back and she deals with the original artwork and I'm helping her curate a museum in Boca Grande. Um, but the business end of it, it's uh, my partner, Joey and I. The interesting thing is uh, you almost had no options but to do it. And we don't have to get into the darker side of it or the business side of it or whatever you want to say. But the idea is there were a lot of people that wanted access to grandpa's stuff and you had a lot of really... I would call them big faces, big celebrities like Robert Rodriguez, people who were very influenced and really wanted something. And, and you have that last name. And if you don't do it, somebody else will do it. And you want to do it out of love, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's 
at first I was a little overwhelmed because of the <laughs> size of his legacy. And I mean, it's, it's kind of a lot of pressure. You have a lot of people mm-hmm. watching and judging. Um, and I was, I, I was right out of college and I worked um, a job at a post-production studio. So I understand the, the uh, annoyances of getting production correct. But um, when we, um, when we started the business, it was, it was, more more or less of a hobby it was fun for me to travel and meet people but like i said in, in 2017 when we got really serious about what we are doing and and how we're merging cultures together and building a brand that's what Frazetta girls is it's I'm sure it's a double entendre he frank was known for mm-hmm. his girl where his girls but really it's 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 a brand and so a lot of people have this misconception that they come to the website and they're like are there girls or are all of these things for girls and i'm like no no it's just the brand so we're, we're working on getting that kind of language out there and understanding and, and teaching people like what we're what we're trying to do and what our mission is. And um, a lot of that's just through, like I said, um, merchandising, licensing with the proper brands. And my my biggest concern was my generation didn't know Frank exactly. Frazetta. So we really had a, a desire to grow social media. Um, I believed in social media back in 2010. I've been on social media since I was 14. Um, a lot of companies that I like kind of go and um, consult for at the time when I, before Frazetta Girls was my um, entire life, uh, I would I would express how important social media is. And, you know, they'd say, oh, it's, it's going to be here and gone soon. And of course, it's not. It's taken over the world that it, for, for good and bad. But um, oh, right now on Instagram, we have over 246,000 followers and those are all organic. And the majority of them are from 25 to 44. So I'd say we're, we're doing what we, what we want to do, what we the, set out to do. Sorry to interrupt. The thing that hit me was there are a lot of old white guys who know Frazetta and know the feel, know the art. Like, you know, Isaac and I would be sort of the classic type. Isaac's younger than me, but we're these old white guys. I was going to go with, no, I'm an old white guy. Yeah, but oh, you're a younger old white I was, guy. I was born an old white guy. Um, well, actually, cool. no, it's funny. Randy. Let me jump in real quick. But oh, okay. what she did was, I, I remember you had some stuff happening with Rogan, like Joe Rogan, that podcast that sort of helped signal boost out. And you've done some stuff with Joe Manganiello. And so what you really, I mean, somebody might say, Oh, here's a young girl trying to go. You got to see this. You got to see what what's there and what's available and trying to sort of translate to a younger generation, but also using some real influencers and some people who not using them, taking advantage of their love for something that you love that happens to be your last name. So I really like that. I like how you tried to bring it up so that more people like we're doing, trying to get the message out about what your grandpa was doing. I think it's important for collaboration. I mean, that's what I, that's what I see it with the influencers. Um, Like you said, Joe Rogan, um, we sent him a big canvas of Conan Manape and he was just beyond himself and posed in front of it. We, um, we, so we, we've talked to Joe quite a few times and that was a huge boost, but you know, I want to do it, like I said, completely organic Mm -hmm. where nothing is forced. Um, The influencer has to come to our page and then appreciate the art and then we kind of, you know, establish a relationship and, and see if it's a, the right fit. Um, we, the biggest collaboration that we did um, with the clothing line was actually with Huff. And Huff was, it was, it was absolutely incredible. And it brought a whole new 
just a whole new culture to appreciating Frazetta. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's happening from, again, this organic sense. People love it and they want to get into it. Now, sorry, Isaac, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, Rand, I mean, jumping back a half a step here is that I remember being at Con um, with you of many, many times that we were there. And it was around the time that, that I guess, Frazetta Girls was starting out. Uh, but it was right, right before that you kept saying, well, you know what? It feels like it's just old white guys that remember this. It, you were, we were actually discussing this, that I was this young person going, no, no, I really want to, you know, get something, get my hands on something that is around this, you know, the, the legacy of Frank. Um, and it was when, when you were at con, Sarah, and you had the, uh, I think it was stickers and stuff like that. And I was just like, yes, yes. Now I can, it's now something, now I can, now I can get this something and bring it because I mean, other than the, the collected books and beautiful things like that, which is great. But it's it's not the way that young you're not going to spread it the way that young people are going to consume it without product that, that they can kind of share that thing that they love on their, you know, wear it. Exactly. And I, that's why the, the generation that appreciated Frazetta was the, the generation that actually saw the Lancer cover um, covers and Edgar Rice Burroughs and Creepy. And that's all a bit dated now so it was important to bring it onto skate decks there <laughs> i couldn't see you i only could see myself <laughs> so i get anxious when i can only see myself it's like it's a lot but um anyway <laughs> but anyway it, so yes to, to your point isaac that's exactly what we wanted to do is put it on things that the new generation was interested in so it's, it's frustrating it's sorry to interrupt it's frustrating that uh, you know some stuff gets the influence of something that's important, like Grandpa's art or, you know, other titles, or you could pull up Wally Wood or pick, pick an artist, Crankle, Williamson. Some of these classic artists and illustrators, painters, they're lost if we don't somehow pass it along. And so that, I mean, it's important what you're doing, but also it's your memories of your grandfather. That's something that people can forget. Like you're actually doing something that's important to you personally. Do you have memories that are particularly important to you or aside from just him as a person? Oh my God. He was, I, I want to touch on one thing. It, at first it did start where it's like you said, a passion project mm-hmm. because it's my grandfather and it's sentimental to me. But um, like you just touched on, if, if artists don't have this, then they eventually are not remembered yeah. anymore. And I, I, that's, that's something that is one of our goals to actually do this with help other estates. And, um, so I think that's really important, but as for memories of my grandfather, um, I was actually with him the day he passed away. Oh, wow. Um, it, it was it was horrible. Um, I won't get too into it because I will, I don't want to cry on your show. Yeah. Um, so he was, he was really like, he was like my father, basically. I mean, he, he got, when he was sick, um, 95, he really started um, losing touch with um, people his age because he wasn't able to speak correctly. So he was really insecure about that. Um, it was unfortunate for the art world and, and, and his peers, but it was fortunate for his grandchildren. I was his first grandchildren um, of 11. And it was the first grandchild of 11, excuse me. And he and I were, I mean, he, he was like basically waiting for a grandchild. He asked my mom to please have a baby. So when I came out, I was like first day that I was able to leave the house, I was in the museum. So I was, I was always around the art, but I never consciously thought about the art like separate from my grandpa, if that makes any sense. Like mm-hmm. it was just part of the house, you know, like 
you'd just see it and it was like, oh, that's scary or, <laughs> or interesting or, you know, you just, you, I, I can't really explain it. It was more of just a feeling. Um, but he was, he was the greatest grandfather. He was present. He was, he taught me about classical music. We never drew together and he, he didn't, he really didn't really like, like I said, bringing, drawing after he lost his ability to use his right hand. He didn't feel confident with that. But what he did feel confident about still was like nature, music, films, video games, Nintendo 64, like the old consoles. Um, so he was just, he was just so present and such a, such a heartful guy. He really was. Is there a piece that sort of takes you back? Is there something you look at I mean, I'm sure everyone has something from a grandparent that is a particularly evocative piece. You're lucky to have a grandfather who was the classic painter of fantasy. Is there something that really encapsulates everything? Like if you were going to say, this is the piece, or are there a few maybe? There's a few that really evoke my emotions and like my memories back to his house. I remember um, the Buck Rogers mm. um, uh, what was it? Two sixteen, I believe. Mm -hmm. I remember that hanging on the little wall in between. Do you have that with you, Randall? The two sixteen. I think it's behind me, popping up soon. That one was that was weird science. Okay, no, it, it wasn't that. I'll one. pull up two sixteen. I'll get it up on here. We'll get it. We'll pull yeah. it up. Yep. Uh, um, it was the one that uh, people have said inspired Chewbacca for mm -hmm. Star yeah. Wars. Oh, I totally know the one. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that one, that one really is vivid for me. I actually remember it. It's kind of weird. It's like just coming up right now as you ask the question, but it was in, it was in the little hallway um, leading to his bathroom. And I just remember sitting on the stairs because my grandma would have one of those old dial up phones. So we'd have to sit on the stairs to make a phone call. And I was just constantly looking at it. But again, I never really thought deep into it. I just wow. knew grandpa was an artist and like, it, it was just beautiful. That's all I really thought of it. That's amazing. Randall, if you remember my grandfather, he would paint nature scenes on saw blades. Yeah. So totally not the same thing, but I get the feeling. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing, it, it, here's what's a relatable moment is we've done some interviews with William Stout, the artist, and at his house, you can't turn anywhere without seeing art, not just his art, but art that he loved. And maybe that's the same experience for you. It just becomes part of being with your grandparents, right? It's just baked in. That's so good. That's a good point because there were a lot of things in their house. I mean, my grandma collected African art. So there were statues and um, mo most of the actual painted art was my grandfather's. But um, a lot of it was like African memorabilia and these like beautiful sculptures and masks. And um, it was it was just a really crowded house. <laughs> she liked to collect. <laughs> so we should ask you about one of the problems that we encountered. Isaac was embarrassed. There was a factual error in our episode. And we talked to you a little bit about this in advance that sometimes it's hard to know who did what painting. And it, I don't know how many Frank did over his career. And sometimes if you go back to his comic work, you know, what did he actually do with what other artist and just the way it worked back then? We wanted to talk about the Mad Max piece because Isaac is sorry. <laughs> Shame, Isaac. <laughs> actually, um, I, I'll, I'll um, admit my guilt. I, I wasn't sure. Um, like I said, <laughs> um, I'm when I started the business is when I started to understand my grandpa's career because before then he was just grandpa. 
So for, for a time, I was unsure if that Mad Max cover was his because the style, I, and I, I wonder if the art director requested a Frazetta-looking Mad mm-hmm. Max cover because the style of um, Max, it's Mad Max, right? Like yeah. the, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, the style of the pose is very Frazetta and the palette is as well. Um, composition's a little bit telltale that it's not Frazetta, the entire piece itself. But the pose was definitely, I, I can see why you were a little confused, Isaac. Well, you know, there's, there's, so the, the funny thing is, is that, um, I, this is ridiculous, but I was collecting a bunch of movie poster reprints for uh, a room in my basement. Like it's going to be like a screening room. So I was selecting kind of my favorite artists and artwork as posters, not necessarily the, the movies themselves. So I wanted to have in there, you know, Drew Struzan and Alan and all the, the the famous movie poster painters, I wanted to have a Frazetta one in there. And I was kind of going, well, which ones did Frazetta do? And I knew I knew the gauntlet and I knew the sort of the, the 60s and 70s kind of, you know, um, what's up? What, what's the other one? What's the other one? What's new Pussycat? What's up Pussycat? What's, what's new Pussycat? <laughs> and all these silly ones. And uh, and it's not those, even those posters, they're, they're kind of, of of time and place. They're not really like, like a classic Frazetta painting, if you will. Um, and the gauntlet definitely is a very cool one. And I was just literally Google searching, you know, Frazetta movie posters. And yeah, Frank, the, the, the Mad Max one would come up all the time. Um, and, and specifically here, I'm just going to try to get this, my screen to share the right one, Mark. I'm not sure if it's going to do this or not. Um, but uh, is that the correct one, Mark? Because um, then I can bring up the actual art. There it there is. There it is. Um, the reason that, and, and the funny thing about it is when I was selecting it, I went, you know what? I like the gauntlet way better than this poster. And I th- kept saying to myself, you know, there's something just odd about this that doesn't seem like Frank's best work. And then it's like, well, wait, it's not Frank's work. <laughs> but but the, the reason that I can also see people thinking that this is Frank is that Eagle or that uh, or go Vulture. That's that's Death Dealers Vulture right there. I was going to say that that's the, the background is. is so lifted. Yeah, it's, it's all or lifted. feels lifted. Yeah, except that there's something like you said, there's even the hand of the dead person beside the car. All these funny little things that are they're totally lifted from Frank, but not not exactly put together in all the right places. Well, listen, if if you think about the influence that Frank had, oh, yeah. you look at someone like Bernie Wrightson. We're going to talk about him in a subsequent episode. And you see a guy who like that, Bernie is looking at Frank and then drawing so much inspiration, but also you can't help but show some of your influences. So you must see it all the time. Sarah. And to, to be fair, this is, sorry, uh, this is Bill Garland. Bill ah. Garland is the artist, apparently. But you have to see the, the big footprint of Frank's work all over the place. Oh my God, yeah. Especially, I mean, directors talk about it all the time, um, animators and just just uh, uh, actual artists of um, like just drawing or painting, painters, sorry, edit that out. <laughs> um, but they, they all the time, I mean, people, people really don't try to rip off Rosetta, I would say. They're just more of like tributes. They really respect the art. And, you know, even I'm a, I'm a beginner artist and I can't help but to reference my grandpa, because who else would I reference? I mean, if I'm trying to learn, learn from the best. So I think that's what a lot of people think is just go go directly to the, the source of the best and learn from there. And I don't think I think Rand's to Rand's point as well. It, it, like what you're saying, he's like you can't you almost can't help it. Like it's it's part it's so and even if and actually it's kind of funny that like like we were saying earlier, not not a lot of young people maybe 
you know, up until you guys know, knew him specifically, but they can't help but know him because it's been so influential. And to go back two seconds here to the, the Buck Rogers, if this is the one I think you're, you're referring to, it's actually 213. So you see, we have to correct corrections here. It wasn't 216. It was 213. Um, is this the one you're talking about? That's it. It was, um, it was just a black and white though. Yes. Which, which, which I always say to Rand, on the episode, we were talking about that too. Is like, um, maybe we talked about before is that to really appreciate his work on these Buck Rogers specifically, you got to look at them in black and white because, oh, oh my God, they are amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And that is, that's Chewbacca. So there you go. Like talking about cultural influences, like, you know, if that's not Chewie on the the Millennium Falcon in the, the rounded hallway and all of the gadgets, like, I mean, you know, George must have been living under a rock if he didn't see that. Oh, George actually visited the estate a few yeah. times, and, and he, he said he was a huge fan of Frazetta's. I mean, like I said, you, we're all influenced from something. I mean, it's in our, our subconscious mind. We can't help it. Everything, our dreams are made of everything we see. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's uh, I'm mostly innocent, and I, I actually get excited when I see people giving, uh, doing tributes to Frazetta and making things look Frazetta because then the world is a more beautiful place. Yeah, and a more muscular, powerful, more dynamic. Think of all the words that describe Frank's work. If there was, I don't want to keep you on here all day, uh, and I know you're down in Florida, and we know that Florida is exploding right now. So, you know, we're all sensitive to that and hope you're well. But is there something? I don't need my mask. (laughs) Is there something that you would uh, like to point at to say, hey, something's coming up or something you would like to try and do. You mentioned other estates, for example. I'm just curious about if you want to talk about a little bit of direction forward. Um, so I'm not really sure with what other estates now, like we, we have some in mind, but it's too early mm-hmm. to announce anything. And I, I'm superstitious and I believe that will kill it. Um, but I, we, we're working on bringing more media, um, more animation. Um, I, I can't, say too much but um mm-hmm. think role-playing games more frazetta worlds coming and and that's like i said before we've been really taking control now of of the millennials and um gen z but we really want to target the teenagers and how how better than video games and animations to to capture their attention so we have some big things we're working on but as as you both know because you work hard and make gorgeous documentaries and productions. It, it takes a lot of time. So we're, we, we understand now and, and, and appreciate what goes into just everything made. It takes a lot of time and heart and it money. Does. It does. Yes. We <laughs> have to name, the, have to name the dirty lucre at the end. Well, listen, yeah. it is so great to talk to you. I think maybe we could talk to you again sometime. That would be fun. Yeah. And if you ever are interested in, I, I mean, I can kind of fill you guys in more of like a, a biography of, mm-hmm. of Rosetta go through just his timeline. So I think that that could be kind of fun if you guys are interested. Yeah. What I would love to do is if you would just like to shoot some footage of what you guys are building down there, what you have, we can't visit. But if you just want to shoot some stuff and send us, we'd love to show what you're putting together. You're building a museum or putting together a museum of some sort. Yeah, actually, um, I helped my mom curate that this year. Unfortunately, it was closed immediately after opening because mm. of COVID. We we opened March 1st, 
the worst oh, timing ever. <laughs> I know. So, so we had in total um, five visitors, and it was it was so devastating. But we we are going to reopen again in January 2021 if everything if we flatten the curve. That's we don't know. So that's that's the that's the goal date. But we'll we'll see. Knock on canvas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much. I would love it if if you did want us to show some of the footage, we'd love to put it up. And in a subsequent, subsequent episode, thank you so much. We will reach out to you another time. You are the first non-comics interview on our show, but you're not the first person we've interviewed ever. We always like to see you at Comic-Con. We're sad we won't see you this time. I know. Next year, or maybe 22. We'll see each other soon. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. (laughs) Take care. Bye. Bye. Sarah Frazetta, thank you so much. That was awesome. We're going to show something that would be, I don't know if it's the first time that anyone has seen it because they have a video up, but nobody got to see it live because of COVID. Thanks, COVID. This is a little peek inside the Frazetta Museum down in Boca, Boca Raton, down in the south of Florida. Anyway, let's take a look and let's thank Sarah for talking to us here on Key Issues. As a child, I was drawing comic strips and painting fine art in art school. I knew I had this uh, pretty incredible talent and I, I couldn't hardly account for it. I was far from intellectual at the age of 10, and yet I knew instinctively that I, I had this ability to draw and create that other kids, well, the adults didn't even have. Hi, Frazetta fans. Welcome to the Frazetta Art Museum in Boca Grande. Come on in. Oh!